162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Gary Sanchez strike out a hundred times or seeing Judge hit a bomb. Bang! Bogart's making plays, Rafi hitting nukes, or Barnes blowing a save. Arguing with your friend, making dumb bets, or complaining about your team again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Come on, y'all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. Manfred! Gamby and Beal are making a podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I am one of your hosts, the Yankees fan of this host. But nowadays in football season, we're both Giants fans. I am Andrew Gambardella and joining me as always, my best friend and co-host, Mr. Matthew Beal. Beal, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty fantastic. That is absolutely it is wonderful to hear. seven days closer to the baseball season than the last time we talked. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you're a nut you're a nut it yeah. is it is also now already three days past the Giants first victory in the playoffs in nine years I think it was since 2013 maybe it was the last time we won in the playoffs or 2012 yeah, on that Super Bowl like run that. something yeah. crazy like that but we won a game uh, the Giants defeated the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. But before we get to that game, before we unload all of our excitement and all of our um, all of our Giants fandom on you, we'll start with the games on Saturday. Now, the first Saturday game, I was the worst was the worst game was the second worst game I think of the weekend, and that was Niners and Seahawks. Both of us. In that game, took the Niners. We said too too much talent. And in the first half, I was holding my breath. I was like, oh boy, I think the Niners might be the only team that could knock off the Eagles. And obviously, as Giants fans, I wouldn't want to see the Eagles or Cowboys sniff the Super Bowl. So the Niners, I thought, were our only hopes besides our Giants, of course. And the, But the Niners got it done in the second half, Beal. Beal, did you watch this game? Uh, of course I did. And what? who do you think was the player of this game? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I So, I felt like I, – I mean, it, it has to be Brock Purdy. I, I mean, yeah. it, he's, he's kind of a – 
it's so weird to say it given that he's a rookie and has started what five or six games now. It's so weird to say that he's the emotion of that team, especially when there's so many like, uh, uh, yeah, I great mean, veterans, veterans, but yeah. like. I mean, not even offensively, like it, you're not going to say George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are old by any means, but like they've been around the game. Like they are like the, the life of this team, at least they were for most of the seasons. But like, I don't know. I, I feel like it, they, and I, this might be a stretch because their defense played incredible in the second half and, it really only would have taken one score from them to win the game. But the amount of points that they put up in the second half to just shove it down um, the throat was like, I think that came from Purdy. Like, I just don't think that they're the same team anymore as they were with Jimmy at the helm. And I, I, again, that's a stretch to say, and I'm not sure, you know, how long this is going to last, but I think the big test was this week just to see how he'd perform and, you know, under the big lights. And uh, I mean, yeah, the pressure is only going to increase. And so we'll see, but he does not seem like a guy who uh, is shy about, you know, just going for it all. And uh, I, I mean, for me, he was the player of the game just because this felt like a different 49ers team. And um, I think he really turned around, like not that the 49ers were ever bad at any point in the season, um, there were definitely questions when uh, Jimmy got hurt and uh, Trey Lance got hurt and, you know, all the injury issues that they've gone through this year, there's been questions, but they've always been a great team. It's just uh, Purdy has gotten them to another level. And I don't think any of us would have expected that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. If, if, you know, George Kittle is the heart and Fred Werner on defense is the brains of this operation, and then I, I think Debo Samuel has to be your quads, I, I think, you know, I think big blank Brock or big cock Brock definitely right. is is the swagger of this team, and, and he brings them something that they did not have with Jimmy. Um, he brings that, you know – there are some plays where he's just scrambling out of the pocket and it's, it's like a little diversification in this team and he can go off the rails and, and he can extend a play unlike some of the quarterbacks in the system. And I think he's playing the best quarterback play for the 49ers since they had Colin Kaepernick, since they went to the Super Bowl back with Jim Harbaugh as the head coach. And I don't, this looks like the most talented team in the NFC. And I, I don't think there's any stopping them, which is why I took them to get to the Super Bowl. And I, I am definitely going to stick with that prediction, but also just thought I'd throw this out there. Debo Samuel. I don't know if you saw this in the first half he had, he got tackled on the play by Jonathan Abram and Abram twisted his, like took his ankle and twisted it a little bit after Debo has been dealing with ankle problems um, this year. And the 49ers team went off and they talked to them after the game and they pointed to that play being the spark. Like this isn't this, we're not playing fun and games anymore. We got to put this team away. We have to stomp yeah. on this team, not only just win the game, but we got to crush this team's hopes and dreams. And yeah. so for that reason alone, and Debo Samuel's 75 yard touchdown, which he caught at like 
took it 60 yards by himself after catching it 15 yards, a little hezzy, and he's down the sideline. I, I think him back is is also just 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 one more unfair advantage for this yeah. team. We, it's not we love Debo on this part. We do love Debo. We love our game, Cox. So I'm going to say Debo Samuel was the player of this game. Moving on to the, the, the next Saturday game, I almost went to bed. I almost went to bed. But I didn't. The Jags scored right before halftime. I did. To make it twenty-seven to seven. I said you went to this. bed. Oh yeah, so, wow! So I actually, and people will probably tell me I'm crazy for saying this and that. I didn't actually think this, but I was at halftime, seeing the Jags down by well, I don't know what was it, uh, three touchdowns or four touchdowns. Um, they were blinked at halftime, right? It was like. 21 nothing or 24 nothing yeah so i well no it's 27 to 7 the jags scored with oh, okay. 20 20 seconds left in the first in the second quarter gotcha right okay. before half okay so they're up 20 at halftime um i had the feeling that the jags had some life in them and i was very concerned that they would come back because i am a trevor lawrence hater um, I did not want to watch the Jaguars come back. Um, I had been trashing on him all day um, to various people, uh, and I just – I don't know. I, I'm not a fan. I was not hoping that the Jaguars would win. I have nothing against the Jaguars. I was hoping that Trevor Lawrence wouldn't win. And he, was, <laughs> and he was he was so bad in the first half. Oh, you were, like, you were right in the first half. Yeah, you were so I was right. pleased. Um, and honestly, once it hit halftime, I was like, okay, so there's two ways this can go. I can watch a game and I could just be sitting here and it ends up being, I don't know, like 34 to 14 or whatever, or, or Trevor Lawrence puts on a show and the Jaguars come back, which I actually was leaning towards that being a better possibility. And I said to myself, either way. I want to turn off the game. There's no point in me watching, you know, the rest of this game. Uh, like, it could be that the first half was, you know, all that was needed for it to be over. And in the other case, I would have just been disappointed watching Trevor Lawrence put on a show. And that's exactly what happened. And I almost said it's somebody. I almost was like, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is actually going to come back in this game. Um, but I, I had that feeling at halftime. I don't know if a lot of people did. But it just it felt like the game was not over yet. And um, I don't know. That's just like my thought. But, you know, that's me just hating on someone. And, of course, I get the karma with, you know, him proving me wrong in the second half. Yeah, he, he definitely did. I stayed up to watch this whole game and I was going wild. I did, I did not care who won this game, but the Chargers definitely chargered the hell out of this game. And the fact that that's becoming a household saying is very sad. I feel very bad for every Chargers fan, but there's blame to go around all throughout this Chargers team. Um, The coaching staff, especially the offensive coordinator, who seemed like they couldn't get a first down in in the second half and kind of only ran the ball. They they didn't run the ball double-digit times, even with the lead. Um, so it, it was wild. And your running back is Austin Eckler, probably the best player on that offense. And and they did. Whoa, Justin Herbert. Well, 
uh, arguably Austin Eckler. I mean, what he does for their team out of the backfield as a pass catcher and as a That's runner. Fair. And um, you got to win that game through running the ball. Yes. I mean, if you're up 20, like all you got to do is run out some time. I, I mean, yeah. we've seen, and I'm not going to jump ahead too much to the Giants game, but we've seen teams take away an entire quarter by running the ball. And that's, you know, that's all the Chargers had to do. Yes. I, I Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think there's much else to say, but hats off to the Jaguars. Doug Peterson coached an incredible comeback. And the fans who stayed through halftime of that game in Jacksonville were well rewarded. Um, it seems like Jacksonville, they're either in the, they either make a Cinderella run or, and then the next five years, they're the worst team in the NFL. And then out of the blue, they make a little run. So I, I wouldn't count them out next week against the chiefs, but we'll, we'll preview that game a little bit later in today's show. Uh, going to the Sunday games, we had Buffalo and Miami. Buffalo wins this game 34-31 against the third string quarterback in my in in the Dolphins. So Beal, are you there's something in the air for these quarterbacks. I don't know what it is, but are, are you worried at all about your Bills Super Bowl prediction at this point in time after seeing them struggle at home against the Dolphins? No, not really. Okay. Um honestly, I think the Dolphins put up a hell of a fight. Um I can't even remember their quarterback's name right now. Skylar Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> Skylar was incredible. Um, minus the <laughs> – I, I was so disappointed. I was watching the uh, you know, first part of that game, and it was at Jalen Waddell who just dropped that wide open yes. for like the first throw. It would have been like a 20-yard completion. Honestly – I, if I'm being completely honest, I think that changes the pace of the game. I know Skyler was able to pick it up. The Dolphins' offense was able to make a big comeback um, with some massive plays. But you know, if if uh, Jalen Waddle comes down with that ball and they're pretty deep into Bills' territory, I think it would have put them on like the 30 or 35 yard line in Bills' territory. I, I think you know we're looking at a different game because the Bills got off to a really hot start and. The Dolphins had, you know, worked way, their way back into it. But, you know, I, I mean, if they put some points on the board early, um, I think there's a different level of confidence uh, early on for Skylar Thompson. That's a ter- terrific point because the Dolphins needed to play an almost perfect game to win this game. And yeah. they did that on defense. They got after Josh Allen. They forced three turnovers and they scored a, a touchdown on defense. They did everything you asked them to do on defense and special teams. Um, they even, I think they recovered a fumble from Naeem Hines on a, on a punt return too. So I think they yeah. forced four turnovers. Um, and then, you know, the skill players on offense for Miami who were shining stars all year, they had multiple drops in this game and, and let them yeah. down. Um, Josh Allen, he's very good. He's, he's just, he's not just very good. He's great. Uh, but sometimes he could be very bad as well. And, and that showed up eerily. And if he plays like that next week against the Bengals, we won't be talking about the Bills narrowly winning uh, a game um, with Josh Allen turning the ball over three times. I, I don't think they win a, can win a game like that again in this playoffs. Yeah. yeah. But moving on to our Giants, 
at the 430 G-man. slot. Kirk Cousins played well. He, it wasn't played at great. One, it wasn't at one o'clock for Kirk Cousins. He played well, but he had such a historic, historically unfortunate end to that game as he dumps it off to TJ Hawkinson. That was throw the worst pass. decision I've seen yes. in my life. Yes, it, but it was so Kirk, such a Kirk Cousins way to end it. Yeah. Um, you not- could tell the pain in his face of like, yes. why did I just throw that ball? Yes, because all season, that's what he does. He doesn't take the chances downfield. He might not turn the ball over very much, but he never takes that shot. So that Well, he didn't need to take a shot. That's what's so crazy. It was seven yards. Yeah, like, that's and true. he threw it three yards. Like, yeah, like do a you know any other short play, like and, you know don't throw it to the flat, but like you could throw a cross route, you could throw a comeback route, you could throw an out route. Like there are so many options there that yeah. are not shots down the field that would have given you a way better shot at a first down. Yeah, you could you could maybe blame the play call too, maybe, but I mean most of it's gonna fall on the quarterback. It's got to at some point. Um, and they have Justin Jefferson, they have Adam Thielen, they have TJ Hawkinson, they have amazing pass catchers that you can just throw the ball up to, even if they're in double coverage, maybe they get a flag call. Maybe they come down with what Justin Jefferson made probably the catch of the year against the bills in that crazy, wild, incredible game at, in like week 10 of this season where the Vikings stormed back and won that game in overtime. But I mean, I, speechless on, on that 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 side of the ball but the Giants defense got the job done when the when they we did. needed to Dexter Lawrence was incredible when and Darius almost let us down on offense yes Darius, I mean, he did let us down he was the, the happiest he up. was the happiest Giants fan ever he was the happiest yeah, man in New York he was if there if if the Giants if the Vikings go down score a touchdown and win that game in overtime Darius Slayton won't won't be allowed in New York for the rest of, wouldn't have been no. allowed in New York for the rest of his life and that's a shame he's because, wide open because it's just blown coverage because he just comes to work day in day out he doesn't get a lot lot of shine uh, I I mean he's not though I mean he leads he has led the lead in in drops before and and you know he still has a he obviously still has a problem dropping the ball but he's been great for us this year he's been yeah, our number him. one receiver throughout the year. And people have said, you know, we don't have the talent or receiver to, to carry this through. But Slayton was was solid besides that fit, that almost fatal drop. Isaiah Hodgins, the waiver rider pickup from the Bills, incredible goes for over 100 yards. Richie James in the slot, a revelation. Daniel Bellinger, the rookie fourth round pick tight end. I mean, this these are the guys that Daniel Jones has to throw the ball to. And they deserve a lot of credit. Daniel Jones deserves a lot of the credit. This offensive line, Saquon, Brian Dable, Brian, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, Wink Martindale, the whole Giants coaching staff. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I have enjoyed being a Giants fan again. And I'm very happy to be back where we are. Now, I'm getting my hopes up. Big time for this Eagles game next week. And we'll talk about it in just a few short minutes. But oh boy, am I I am I'm on cloud nine right now. I mean it's only Wednesday. We still got plenty of time before Saturday, 
before this game actually happens, but I'm, I'm ecstatic right now. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I going into this year, I, I think we were all pretty happy with the Brian Dayball hiring decision. I think he showed a lot of promise early on with this team and just getting the culture right and, you know, making sure everyone was, was on the same page of, you know, this Giants team can win. Um, I was happy if he kept his job. Like, I, we've yeah. gone through so many coaches that I'm yeah. like, if we hire one more guy and he lasts for a year, then I, I just can't deal with that anymore. So that benchmark was passed when, you know, it, we saw what happened earlier this season where the Giants went on a winning streak. And um, and so then I was like, okay, maybe we'll end up 500 or better this year. Did that. We ended up with a winning record, 9-7-1, and one, um, made the playoffs, have won a playoff game. I, I mean – it has passed all my expectations. Yeah. Um, my expectation for this year was, or my hope for this year was go at least seven and 10, show some promise from day ball, have some big games. Daniel Jones starts to settle into the quarterback position, have some confidence. Um, that's all I was hoping for, but we've gotten way more than that. And I am very appreciative to day ball for that. And, uh, the fact that we won't have to go through another coaching change, um, well, I mean, we'll see how the uh, coronary positions go because, uh, like you said, of how well, uh, especially Mike Kafka has done in um, running this offense, bringing in, you know, the right uh, members for our offensive line to perform the way that they have. Uh, Andrew Thomas has become um, a pro bowler. Not just a pro. I, I uh, think he's one of the best. Pro, yeah, one of the yeah. best left tackles in the game. Yeah, from being a guy that people were getting pretty quick on calling a bust yeah. uh, has turned into an incredible left tackle. And so, uh, I mean, and just getting the most out of Daniel Jones that he could, making sure our offense wasn't, um, you know, too repetitive. And, uh, I mean, ultimately, when you look at the playbook, the Giants run the ball a lot. We have Saquon Barkley and we have one of the best, you know, rushing quarterbacks in the league. So that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to rely on. But he was able to, I, I mean, I love the play calls on uh, Sunday. It was, it was enough passing to, to sell the defense on, you know, having to cover those routes and um, a lot of early downs uh, passing that just opened the way for a running game. And, um, I mean, it's just – it was executed perfectly. So, um, it's, you know, no surprise that Kafka is getting a lot of uh, su potential suitors for um, being a head coach elsewhere. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. But fortunately, um, what I'm trying to say is I'm very happy we won't have to go through another coaching change, and I feel like we've got our guy for at least, you know, uh, the near future. Yeah, I, I hope we have Dayball for the next decade. I hope he's – our Belichick or even just the next Kaufman. Kaufman. I, yeah. I would definitely take that. But yeah, you mentioned we've had so many coaches before him since Coughlin in the last six years. We've had Joe Judge, Pat Shermer, Ben McAdoo. I mean, it's it's been ugly. It's been I ugly. I forget about Pat Shermer all the time and he yeah. sucked. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but uh, thank you to Dave Gettleman as well, the, our previous GM. And our GM now, Joe Schuen, has done a great job with these cap cap troubles with the cap hell that Gettleman left him. I mean, Gettleman did a bad job with the cap. He did a bad job with the Galladay signing that has turned into a dud. 
Um, but some things he did do well. Draft draft Dexter Lawrence, draft Daniel Jones, draft Andrew Thomas. People all thought these guys were looking like busts. We are one or two into their careers. And right now they look like pillars of this Giants franchise for years to come. So yeah. hat, hats off to him. Um, thank you. And uh, hopefully Joe Schuen continues um, continues the draft well because I think we drafted well this year. Thibodeau and, yeah. and Evan Neal, even our right tack, rookie right tackle, he's been terrible all year. But he seems yeah. to be coming along pretty nicely and started that game. Um, I think he gave up – he might have given up one sack. But other than that, he didn't give up much pressure, gave Jones time to throw and room to run. So, yep. yeah, I, I don't know. I'm very uh, hopeful. I, I, I'm the hopeful hope, too. Hope is building. Going into Sunday night. Now, I, for this game, I, I won't lie to you. I was – got my emotions, and you know how I get watching a game, yelling, screaming, the nine yards, the TV is not my friend. Nobody is my friend during watching a game. Um, I uh, I tend to have an earful to say um, anytime there's a flag called against against my team, unless I know it's 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 definitely a flag because I, I respect the refs. They, they have a job to do. But saying that – a lot of energy was spent, so I did not get to watch the second half of this Cincinnati and uh, Baltimore game. So I don't know if you stayed up and watched the whole thing. No, but, I didn't. Okay. I, I wasn't able to, but I watched all the whole recap in the morning, and it really came down to just one play. <laughs> the fumble on the one-yard line. One play. That's all yeah. it came down to. Yeah. The Bengals, the Bengals got – I said all week – and I had predicted the Ravens to win this game. This was the the one of two games that I got wrong this weekend. Um, and we'll talk about the, the other one that I got wrong this weekend, which we'll talk about next. But I thought the Ravens were going to dominate both sides of the line of scrimmage. And they did. They did. That defense put Bengals offensive line, put Joe Burrow on the ground a lot. And they ran the ball. For the most part, except when they got to the one-yard line in the fourth quarter, third and one, and Tyler Huntley decides to reach for the goal line from the one-and-a-half-yard line, and the rest is history, and Sam Humber takes it back to the house. Bengals win by that touchdown after it was a 17-17 game. No more scoring after that, after the Bengals made it 24-17 on that play, and uh yeah, I, I don't think the Bengals watching the first half and watching the highlights of the second half and looking at the stats, you know, they don't lie. Watching my eyes didn't lie. The Bengals had no business winning that game, but they found a way to win. And that's that's as dangerous as you come. All you have to do is win the football game. Any given Sunday, anything can happen, survive in advance. And uh We'll see if the Bengals can put out a better performance against the Bills. But looking into Bengals-Bills, both of these teams did not play well last week. So hopefully they both have their best game um, come this Sunday night. And uh, be good one. we'll really be in for a treat. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But going into, into the Monday night game, other than the – I mean, the only shining light – in Monday, I mean, hats off to Tom Brady for getting his team back into the playoffs, but it just didn't happen. I mean, all season they had 
not been clicking on all cylinders and the Cowboys highlighted all of the Buccaneers flaws on Monday night and absolutely destroyed them. Yeah. But just, just to be absolutely clear, I yeah. did not watch this game. Yes. I had, I, I had no desire to watch the Cowboys win. And I, uh, honestly, I, I mean, it would have been cool to watch it if I thought that Tom Brady had a chance to win. I, I'm never going to root against him just because, uh, I mean, he's been in the playoffs for so long. It's kind of it, it. Like, I I wouldn't say that I necessarily root for him, but especially against the Cowboys, it you know, it would have been cool to see him win another playoff game. And, you know, at the expense of the Cowboys, I would have been very happy. So. I took a look at the score after the first quarter, and I said, "This one isn't for me." So, <laughs> um, you made the right decision. You yeah. made the right decision, and it's the first time Tom Brady lost to the Cowboys. I mean, but I, I will give the Cowboys their due. Um, I doubted them going into this week because they had never beaten Tom Brady, and the Cowboys are the Cowboys, just like the Chargers. They, in the last fifteen years, they find ways to lose in the playoffs in the most heartbreaking way for their fans. And I root for it because I just don't like the Cowboys. I mean, it's simple as that. We both don't like the Cowboys. And what I fear for the most now in the NFC is a Cowboys-Eagles NFC championship game because that guarantees one of them is going to the Super Bowl. And I don't want either of those teams to to make it to the Super Bowl. So, you know, it it all – in. The shining light on this game, though, is Brett Maher, the the Cowboys kicker, missed four extra points, made a record, set a record, and what better way for the Cowboys to lose than missing a game-tying chip shot field goal as time expires in San Francisco this week? That'd be great. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, that would be something. I don't think it's going to be that close of a game, but it would be something. Yeah, I, I don't think – I hope it's not either. Um, but I'm speaking it into existence. I don't, yes. be, I don't want to have any stress about the Cowboys potentially winning. If they're close, it's just going to, I don't know, drive me insane as a Giants fan. That is, Especially, that is fair. That is fair. But we won't. So yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Don't even don't even say those words. Yeah, don't have to speak. Oh, yeah. Can't can't speak it into existence. But yeah. um, hats off to Cowboys. Great on both sides of the ball. Their defense was high flying, and uh, yeah, the offense looked very good. So they look like a very solid team. But they're facing a juggernaut next next week. So we are gonna take this and go right in to the divisional round of the playoffs. Our preview. Um, we have Chiefs Jaguars opening it up on Saturday at 4:30. The Jaguars coming off of a Cinderella type win, and we talked about Cinderella all last week. And you know, I find myself rooting for the Cinderellas left in the playoffs because our Giants are definitely a Cinderella. And you were talking about you expected them to go seven and ten this year, and. Dayball look pretty solid as a coach. Daniel Jones start to be pretty solid. My expectations were five wins and Daniel Jones would be on a different team next year because he would have been a flop again. And I expected, you know, what the Giants to have done to make the wrong coaching hire yet again. But 
I have been absolutely blown away and proven wrong time and time again uh, this year. And I am very, very happy as a Giants fan. And and uh, I'm very happy to be wrong. This is one of the few times I'm very happy to be wrong, Beal. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I, I thought Dayball might be the right guy. But honestly, when I was saying 7 and 10, that was like my hope. That was like the peak of what I thought we'd be able to do this year. And, you know, I'd be happy with it. But, yeah, I think your prediction was a little bit more realistic based on the seasons that we've had in, you know, the past three years. Yeah, I, I caramba. But <laughs> if things have turned around for the better, that's for sure. And hopefully a lot of free agents next year will want to come to the Giants after seeing what we've been able to do this <laughs> Including year. Daniel Jones. Yes. And, Bar- <laughs> and Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And Saquon Barkley. Yeah. That would be, oh, yikes. It would be lovely to have him I'm back. Scared. But back to Chiefs-Jaguars. <laughs> I mean, I have the Chiefs getting to the Super Bowl. I have them losing to the Niners. And I'm sticking to that prediction. So I have no choice but to take the Chiefs at home in this game. I, I don't. I think the Jaguars story this playoffs ends here. I know every playoffs like last year, it was the Bengals going all the way to the Super Bowl. And a lot of years, there's one team in the playoffs that's a Cinderella team that either gets to the championship game or the Super Bowl um, and, and wins a couple games in a row. I don't think it'll be the Jaguars this year. I don't think they'll have enough against the Chiefs, especially if they turn the ball over five times again in the first half, I don't think they will do that, but th- these teams played already in the regular season in Kansas city, similar stakes right before the Jaguars went on their six, I think it's what is it, six game winning streak now at this point. Yeah. They, they were four and eight and won five straight to get to the playoffs. And then yeah, six straight. I think it ends there. I don't think it gets to lucky number seven, but who knows? What are, you, what are you thinking on this game? Jags lose. Yeah, I think Patty Mahomes is too much. I, I just yeah. think Patty hey, Mahomes is, yeah, I, it, like I, you I, said, too much. Uh, the Chiefs team is just too much. Like, I feel like, and, and I don't know. Their maybe, defense is a little suspect, though. On yeah, the back end, there's a little suspect they've in, in, had some in the secondary. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I, I mean, you know, anything can happen as the playoffs, but. At the same time, I just, you know, I think the Jags are building and, you know, hats off to them for being able to put together such a great season. But um, I, I think they're a few years behind uh, from there. Uh, honestly, any, uh, any team that advances at this point is capable of winning a championship. And so uh, there's still some teams left that I just don't think have opened their championship window yet. Some some of the younger teams in the bracket, which there are a lot, um, are just not quite there yet. They need a few more pieces. Um, maybe it's, you know, veterans in free agency or, or maybe just, you know, a few more rookies to step up next year. But I think the Jags are that team. They're going to be a force for years to come with how young their offense is and um, how potent they've been this year. But um, I just don't think they're there yet. I think the Chiefs obviously have gone through the growing pains already. Um, You know, not that it really took them that long to rise to a superpower, but they're there. And, you know, they're the team that I I just don't think 
a new young, you know, flashy team is going to be able to be in the divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you a little too early. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Patrick Mahomes is the difference in this game. And, you know, I, I, I don't think if you give Patrick Mahomes a league leave, he's going to relinquish it like Justin Herbert did this past weekend and the chiefs are at home. It'll probably be much colder than it was in Jacksonville, even though it was, I think in like high forties in Jacksonville um, Saturday night. Uh, I, I'm sure Kansas city won't be that forgiving of weather. Um, and you know, yeah, it'll be cold. Yeah, it, it, it'll be cold. Now going into the Saturday night game, it's it's the giant our New York Football Giants going into the forever wild atmosphere that is Philadelphia and you know some some may say it's belligerent some may say it's over the top but I think Philadelphia is a is a good st- sports town they are not res- very res- yeah. respective or welcoming of other fans and you know that's that's okay it's their city um i, I wish they were a little bit more accepting because I, I think some good banter back and forth and and uh you know fun yeah. competitive spirit is is nice to have but this is going to be an absolutely rowdy environment on saturday night for sure yeah but i i mean Mi- minnesota sorry. was as well now yeah. now now you could go but you know it won't be as you know, it'll be much a much different story in Philadelphia than it was in uh, in Minnesota, especially because yeah. Minnesota's a dome. Philadelphia, you'll be in the elements. Their fans are are even even more eccentric. So I, uh, sure. yeah, I I caramba, Bill. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I made an argument earlier this week uh, to a coworker of mine who's an Eagles fan. Um, it, it wasn't really an argument. I, I think he, you know, kind of agreed with me. But I said as an opposing fan, well, specifically a Giants fan, going into Lincoln Financial is like there's no good thing that can happen. If the Giants win, you're still going to get cursed out. People hate you, throw stuff at you, and just, you know, walk you to your car just, you know, berating you with comments. And I, I mean, it's great. Cause you know, your team won and like, you have everything over that person, but there are like 20 people just cussing you out as you're walking through the parking lot. And if the giants lose, then obviously you're going to deal with, you know, the same damn people and probably 50 more people rubbing it in as to, you know, why the giants lost and how bad they are and how much better the Eagles are. I will, you know, I, I'm not going to say I definitely won't go back to a game at, you know, in Philly, but it is it is a painful environment for Giants fans. And so I commend all the Giants fans that will be going there uh, to support our team in the playoffs because we need them. Um, yes. There is a, a very brave, it's brave not souls. Yes, very, very much so. I've been twice. I've been for a win. I've been for a loss. Neither was that enjoyable. I, I mean, on your drive home, you're you know thinking of all the Eagles fans that are pissed, and it makes you a little bit happy. But 
you know, sitting there in the cold, listening to everybody like curse at you all game until, you know, there's like one of the teams wins or loses or whatever. Like it is just, it is miserable. Um, And that's not to say that Philly fans are bad. I think it's, it's a great fan base. Like that's kind of what you want from your fans. You want them to be so invested that they just berate the opposing fans. It's, it's fun that way. Um, but it's, it's a big home field field advantage because of that. So it's, it's going to be a tough one. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I think if any team is able to overcome that, it, it would be the giants because, you know, you got a young squad. They don't really care about what everyone says about them. They're not, you know, looking in the news. They're just doing their thing. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, I hate to use this term because I, I think the Giants are actually a very good team. But, like, at, in everyone else's eyes, they're kind of playing with house money. So, like, they've got nothing to lose. They're playing one of the best teams in the NFC this weekend. So, you know, they want to beat them. Um, but they'll leave it all out on the field. Yeah. I think they will leave it all out on the field, but to add to your points, Bill, and, and on the field, nobody's giving this team a chance, and there's just there's something going on because the Eagles, unlike the Chiefs, did not, and the Chiefs even, both one seeds, it's a rust versus rest situation, and both the one seeds last, last year did not make it to the Super Bowl, both of them. Yeah. Both of them failed to do that. Now, both of them didn't lose in the divisional round, but one of them did. And I think the Eagles are the team to lose this game in the divisional round this year. I I think the Chiefs took a lead for granted last year against the Bengals in the playoffs and threw threw away that game and uh, in their their conference championship at home. And I, I don't think they do that again. I don't think they take another game for granted especially this first game of the playoffs. And, you know, the Eagles have been banged up. They got a banged up Lane, Lane Johnson. I think Jalen Hurts will be a full go. I, I, I don't think they showed in that week 18 game, they just did enough to win. They did not show what they're going to do with, because they didn't run Jalen really at all in that game. Yeah. He's yeah. going to give this defense, this Giants defense, an even bigger test than they faced in Minnesota. And uh, we'll we'll need the edge rushers and the linebackers, yes, to be on their game. We're gonna need everything. Is gonna be an X factor. We're gonna need to win the turnover battle. We're gonna need some bounces to go our way. We're gonna need we're gonna need a lot to win this game. That we are on paper. The the Eagles have I think they have six All Pros and we have two, and. It's, uh, it's, you know, arguably at pretty much every position but defensive tackle and left tackle, they are arguably better at every single position and running back. Um, so, you but know, it's, it, it's funny because, I mean, they do have an all pro running back too. So, right, right, right. It, it's like, it's like, <laughs> or you a know, pro bowl or running back. Or the, and they have Fletcher, yeah. Fletcher Cox at uh, defensive tackle. And I think, they have they have an incredible left tackle as well. So, I, I mean, yeah. it's 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 like even those positions, it's not like a huge difference. 
Yeah. And then maybe our safety, Xavier McKinney and J- Julian Love, who have been playing wonderful. I uh, love them. Yeah. So, I, you know, our guys are going to have to play some, some really, really incredible games and, and make some incredible plays. And, and I can't wait to watch this game because I, you know, yeah. Giants magic could happen. Dayball ball could go off. And, yeah. uh, could see this team winning this game. And and that's, that's the way I see it. I see this as a, as a 24, mm, 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 27 to 24 victory with Graham Gano hitting a 52 yarder as, as time with like 30 seconds left in the game. That that's what I kind of see with this game. And uh, I hope that comes to fruition, but I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, uh, you know, a, a little bit more of a spread here because I think the Giants uh, are capable and they are an incredible team. Um, they're going to put up 38 points to the Eagles' 24. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a wild – that's an interesting yeah. prediction. Yeah, five touchdowns and a field goal. Easy. Yeah. Okay. Easy money. Danny that's, Dimes with four passing touchdowns. That's an incredible prediction, um, and I hope and, it's right. And we're going to run a trick play to Leonard Williams on offense, and he's going to score a touchdown. That would be something to see. Kind of like how Tonka had a touchdown for the Gamecocks earlier this year. Yeah. Um, Leonard Williams going to do the same thing. Wow. Yeah, yeah you, you can make some pretty wild money if you uh, – if you bet on Leonard Williams to score a touchdown, but yeah, I'm going to bet on him first score. Wow. (laughs) You do that. I would not advise that, but you can do that. Feel free to do it, but that does it for the Saturday games and going back quickly to Kansas city. It right now projected from noon to 12 AM. There is above a 50% chance of a snowy rainy mixture and a high of 37 on Saturday in Kansas City. Jacksonville players are not used to that. Weather does matter. For sure. When it does happen, I mean, we're still a long way away from Saturday, so obviously forecasts can change. Mother Nature does really what she wants. But, uh, yeah, going to Sunday now, Bills-Bengals, first game, 3 o'clock. Weird time, really, but – but a good time because our bedtimes are pretty early that we get we get up very early to go to work. So I will be able to watch all of this game, and I look forward to watching all of this game. Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. Obviously, everybody knows um, how the last time these teams played a couple weeks back, what happened. Um, very tragic event, and, and I'm sure they're going to do – a wonderful and and tribute to to Demar Hamlin, and I, I hope he shows up to the game in Buffalo because I I can't wait to see the crowd reaction and the crowd cheers for him, um, and the cheers throughout every television screen that will be cheering on Demar Hamlin, rooting on this Bills team, and I I think that uplifting cheer because I expect him to be there and. I just think this Bills team, too many off injuries to the Bengals' offensive line. Both of their tackles 
they might not have both of their tackles. One of them's definitely out. They lost Lyle Collins for the season. They're starting right guard. They might not have either. And they did not block well for Joe Burrow against the Ravens. And I don't think they will against this Bills front either, even though the Bills don't have Von Miller. But I think the Bills are too much. Josh Allen plays a clean game and he has one of his best games of the season. And I think they womp, not only beat the Bengals, but I think they womp the Bengals by two scores. You see, I I think it's going to be a close game. I'm with you. I think that the Bills will win. Um, but I, I think it will come down to the wire. I, I mean, we've, I mean, the Bengals did not look like it. I mean, I don't know. I guess a stretch because at times, you know, the Bengals this year have looked a little bit like they did last year. But I, I think so far this season, we're seeing that it's not likely the Bengals are going to make it back to where they were, uh, being, you know, in the championship, uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, last year, um, but I, I do think that they're going to hang around with the Bills. I, I think they have the experience, the playoff experience. Um, I, I don't think that um, um, Joe Burrow is going to fold under the pressure. Oh, I, I don't. I don't think um, he is either. I just don't know if that offensive line holds up for him. But there is something. Fair. There's it's something fair. about yeah. Joe. There is yeah. something about Joe. He, he knows how to hang around, and I, I know it's. You know, recently uh, the Bengals have, you know, not been scoring at a high level and um, the Bills definitely can and do score at, you know, uh, or put up a lot of, you know, touchdowns and points on the board throughout games. So it's going to take a lot from the Bengals to hang around with the Bills, but I do think that the game will end up being separated by less than a touchdown. Um, I'm not willing to say it will be a field goal part but you know maybe six points uh you know three whatever it ends up being i think it's going to be less than seven okay i think it it'll be more than seven but uh we'll we'll see about that on sunday and uh getting to the last game in this divisional round i don't think either of us are going to pick the cowboys because we can't know this for anybody in the nfc east other than our own teams but I think their kicker drama going on right now. Oh my gosh, he's trash. Yeah, and I might as well go kick for them. And just Jerry Jones being around that locker room, Mike McCarthy will make some weird timeout in this game and and mismanage the clock. And I think they lose a heartbreaker to the Niners. I, I think the Niners will be tested in this game. I I, I think a lot of people think the Niners are just going to continue to steamroll, but I think. I've also seen heading into this this week, Cowboys over Niners is probably the biggest upset pick, um, like Giants over Vikings was last week. And and there might be something to that because if Dak Prescott, if this is a big if, if he can play another sound, clean game and without because he led the league in interceptions per game this year, and he has looked very bad at times, and he is at best, I think, me, I don't know, a top 15 quarterback. And at worst, he's looked like uh, he's looked very bad this year. And, and I think I'm very confident to say that I would rather have Daniel Jones going forward than Dak Prescott as my yeah. starting quarterback. And that is not, not something I, I would have said week one of this season. So another thing that has very much surprised me. 
But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Niners. I ha- I still have them winning the Super Bowl, but I think this this might be their biggest test uh, yet. In their in their, I think they're on a ten game winning streak. If if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, but since Brock Purdy has come under center, they haven't lost any of his starts. So I don't see what's what's to stop them now. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm going to take the Niners in this one in a in a shootout ish. Not really a shootout. Great defensive teams. We'll go with uh, thirty to thirty to twenty seven. I, I like I like a thirty to twenty seven game. I've got the Niners too, and I, I'm gonna you know stray from your decision again. So last game uh, we were predict or you were predicting. Um, a two touchdown spread where I think Joe Burrow is going to keep it within a touchdown. Uh, for this game, uh, mainly because of my bias and how much I hate the Cowboys, I think it's going to be a three touchdown spread. Um, <laughs> I wow. think that the Niners are going to win 42. Um, I don't know, to 21. Well, you see, I, I mean, that would be exactly three touchdowns. Right. right. I'm trying to be a little fancy with it. Um, <laughs> I right. don't know. I'm, I'm between. 42 uh, to 20. 20. Make, no, it, make 17, it a couple field 17. goals. Okay. Three and a half touchdown spread. All right. I'll give you that. I mean. Yeah. Three, <laughs> I'll give you that. 42 to 17. But I will say the 49ers, during their 11-game win streak, the best team that they have beaten on this win streak has been the Chargers or Dolphins maybe, or even the Seahawks maybe you could throw in there. But it hasn't been a stud team on this 11-game win streak. So I, I think this is their biggest test in a while, and I think that will make them stronger going forward. And I don't think Brock Purdy's gonna going to back down in Brock we trust and hopefully they can uh, take down the the Cowboys on Sunday night. But that, that, that really does it for us. Uh, Oh, before we go, our Super Bowl predictions, Beal, we're giving opportunities to make new Super Bowl predictions every week. Um, This doesn't depend on whether or not our teams are both still in it. Um, If one of your teams gets eliminated, obviously you take a deduction, um, in being an analyst, uh, I guess you could say in, in your, in your opinion, but both of our, all four of our teams, you have the bills over the Eagles in the Super Bowl, And I have the 49ers over the chiefs. All of our teams are still in it. Bill, are you switching your prediction of bills over Eagles? In the yeah. Super Bowl? Giants over bills. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a huge overreaction to this week, but I love this call. <laughs> this this is a flashback to I think what was it? That was that our first, the first Giants Super Bowl ever? Was, yeah, 2007. Yeah. Well, or I guess 2008 no. technically. No. We didn't beat the Bills in 2008. We beat the Pac- Patriots. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, I thought you were uh, I mean there's a lot of parallels to that yes. too because yes. that was the last fourth year and this is Daniel Jones' fourth year, so I was thinking you were talking about that. But yeah, uh, the first 
playoff uh, or the first Super Bowl was what eighty? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sometime in the eighties uh, with Lawrence Taylor. Eighty six, eighty seven. I don't know. Something like that. There was two of them. There was Both two of them. Seasons. I don't think they were back to back. There was eighty seven and ninety one. And ninety one, the Giants famously, after the Bills kicker missed a last second field goal, won that Super Bowl twenty to nineteen in nineteen ninety one. Gotcha. So yes, I, I think that's a great prediction. I am going to stick with 49ers over Chiefs for this week. I am worried about the 49ers because I don't think they've been really tested, but they were tested this first half against the Seahawks. They were punched in the mouth, and they swung back with uppercuts and and delivered a knockout punch, and I think they can do that to the Cowboys as well. That does it for us. As always, enjoy your sunsets, your sunrises, your brunches, your lunners. before I give Beal the the AOK to take us out again, I will have to say thank you again to the Giants. Um, thank you, Beal, for for doing this podcast with me every week. It's a joy of mine every week to to do this with you, and I hope we get to watch another Giants victory this week. Thank you, buddy. Go yeah. Giants! And uh, Beal, take us out. Uh, go G Men and. Uh... I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk much about the Red Sox because we're still far away, but uh, we added Adam Duvall for the people who are watching out for the Red Sox, just like me. Um, and I feel hopeful, and that's where I'm going to leave it. I feel hopeful.